in the squadron. They called him Bullets, but we call him Greg Kelly. Greg Kelly is on the air on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Well, uh, what is he thinking? Tim Scott, very nice guy, Republican senator from South Carolina, is running for president. How do you take on a guy like President Trump? How do you do that when you are a career politician, nice guy, with, um, I guess it's a nice story. Hey, everybody has a story. And Tim Scott is, uh, is he presidential material? Uh, I don't think so. I don't think this is going anywhere. Did you guys get that Tim Scott stuff yet? Yes? All right. Let's hear. Uh, the Democrats have literally bought into that premise that if you just say it often enough, it must be true. All right. Now, do me a favor. That's that's not a um, that's not a, a speech. That's a soundbite from some TV show we did. So he just made a major speech down there in South Carolina, and everybody's playing it right now. Uh, I thought it was a bit of a bust. You know, it was too Obama-esque. It was too much like Obama. What do I mean by that? It's just telling about himself, his story, what happened to him when he was a kid. He got this job, and some guy was nice to him and told him this, and he learned that lesson. And, and yeah, I uh, I like that he's a man of faith. That doesn't mean he's the man. I mean, we're all people of faith, right? I mean, a lot of us are. Um, it was I didn't see anything particularly special about him. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Hey, did you find the big speech yet? Everybody's got it. Okay. Uh, does that mean in 10 seconds or does that mean, what do I know about Tim Scott otherwise? Well, you know what? I do know this. Nikki Haley gave him that big job. There was a vacancy. Who does this? Who does this? I guess you do it all the time in politics, right? So Nikki Haley says, I won't run if President Trump runs for re-election. I will not run if President Trump runs in 2020. And what does she do? She turns around and runs. When she was governor of South Carolina, she may, she appointed this guy to the Senate. He wasn't elected at first. There was a vacancy and the governor can appoint people to the vacancy and she appointed him. Uh, I don't think you run against, uh, her. I think it's quite frankly disloyal to Nikki. First, Nikki is disloyal to Trump. Uh, Tim Scott is being disloyal to Nikki. You're not nice. And they're all not being not nice to Trump. However, there is this thinking that the more people who enter, the more it helps Trump because the anti-Trump vote will be divided this, that, and the other way. Uh, that could be, mm, let me hear it, please. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Obviously, I can't dance as you know that already. So. How's everyone doing today? I will say, you all look fantastic. What a great place to be. I will say without any question, I am so happy to be back in North Charleston, South Carolina. All right, stop. I mean, this is hokey, right? It's hokey. What's the big deal? Are you all feeling good today? I mean, it's just... This is, it sounds like he's opening a car dealership or something like that. And who's been to North Charleston? It's not all that. I feel so good to be back in North Charleston. All right, keep going. And I can't tell you how much I mean this in the depths of my heart. I'm so proud to be an American. I hope you are. Are you proud to be an American? All right, stop. I mean, this is, these are cheap laugh lines. Who's not proud? What does that mean? You know what? We've got too much going on right now. All right. You know, spare us. We're not children. This is not junior high school. This is not middle school. Let's get real here. All right. I don't know. Uh, am I being too harsh? Uh, no, actually, I don't think I am. Let me hear a little bit more of this. 
I can't hear you. I can't hear you. It's like a pep rally. It's it's not a pep rally. It's America is the greatest nation on God's green earth. And our greatness doesn't come from politicians. Doesn't come from the government. Uh. It comes from we the people. I'm sorry. The people. Stop. Stop. You know that this is this is all scripted. It's very contrived. His mother came out again. Way too much about him. Way too much getting that crowd revved up. You know, if you don't go in front of crowds all that often, you kind of play to the crowd. You got to play to me. You got to play to the people watching this thing on TV. All right. Who the hell are you? What have you done? Where do you come from? What's going on here? I don't want to hear about go bucks. There's this whole thing about the uh, the upper Charlestown middle school that he went to. I mean, who? it doesn't matter. There are too many things going on right now. We are losing the country at the border. Um, we are. We're going downhill. We're losing everything. We're losing our culture. This transgender mess. We're on the brink of disaster. And this guy's talking about uh, football games. I'm sorry. Is that too mean? Here I am bending. You know what it is? Okay, a big part of his story here is... He's a black guy running for president, and he can say things that are perhaps uh, maybe a bit more awkward for other people to talk about, right? Uh, we fell for this crap with Obama. That was Obama's great big uh, secret weapon, right? He was going to have a conversation that other people could not have, and he blew it. He blew it because he got scared. Jesse Jackson said he was going to uh, do something to him, going to cut his testicles off. So that's that. Uh, it didn't happen. And we're, he's a billionaire now. I, this guy's just can't do it. So I saw Donaldson, uh, Byron Donaldson on Meet the Press over the weekend. This guy is great. All right. And he said, they're like, well, you just endorsed, um, uh, Ron DeSantis. You, you were, you were big with him during his reelection. Why are you for Trump now? He said, he's a great governor, but who can stand up against Putin? And I'm sorry, can can this guy stand up against Putin? Can the guy can that guy uh, from South Carolina? Like, and when I think about the greatness of America, I have to start with my favorite American, my amazing mother. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. But I'm sorry, the first time out, we can learn about your mother down the road. You know, we can learn about your mother later. But I don't think you. I don't think you dedicate the presidential campaign to your mama. I just don't think that's uh, effective. Yeah, I don't think it bodes well for this guy being on the world stage. And no, I can't see him going eye to eye with Putin. I can't see DeSantis going eye to eye to Putin or Asa Hutchinson or uh, these people. I'm sorry. They come and go. These people just made it 10 minutes ago. You know, Tim Scott became a big deal relatively recently. DeSantis, his head is still spinning. He can't believe it. Trump has been internationally famous and powerful for four decades. He he knows how to operate in these circles. He knows all the players. Listen to the town hall again, the CNN town hall. It was it really is interesting in that he's not a candidate. He's a potential president. There's a big difference. He's actively aware that there's a very good chance that he will be president of the United States. And as much as you think Donald Trump shoots his mouth off about this and that, and he is pretty candid, he's also aware that he could be president. And you know what? It would be a good thing to say that uh, Vladimir Putin is a war criminal if you're going to sit down at the peace table. 
if you're ultimately going to sit down, you want him to come to the peace table, right? What about peace? What about peace? We're sending F-16s to Ukraine. Did you hear about that over the weekend? F-16s. We always say we're not going to do it, and then four months later, we do it. We're not going to send tanks. Four months later, we send tanks. We're not going to send F-16s. Four months later, we send F-16s. But these will be totally defensive. We are ramping up, building up. We are depleting our own military. I've had it with this war. Somebody calls up the other day and says, well, you don't understand exactly what's going on on the ground there. Yeah, I don't, actually. All right? It's not my problem. It's not my issue. It's not. It's not our issue. Uh, Countries have been invading countries. I want them to take care of it. I want it over. I want the dying to stop And I want our military to be ready for the inevitable war, it seems like, with China. Gordon Chang, one of our favorite China experts, sent out a bunch of tweets again over the weekend. Get ready. It's coming. We are on the brink. He's so smart. And I I believe him. What am I supposed to do? How How do I get ready for a war? What are we supposed to do? Well, they do talk about the uh, the grid going down. Hey, that four Patriots company that makes the food. I am stocking up big time. This is a, I, I, I am. I want to have like one of those survival kits, right? Uh, my trunk is going to be full of water and food inside the house. I don't want to, what are you going to do? What are we going to do? Stand in line at the grocery store when things, when the lights get turned off? This all could really happen. Uh, Gordon Chang is going to be on the Newsmax show tonight. Which, oh, by the way, we beat CNN again. We are crushing CNN. Greg Kelly, I've got three people on my staff. Three. Me, it's a total of four. And we beat the most trusted name in news. It's not the most trusted name in news, but they have global resources like it's unbelievable what they have. Have you ever seen their bill? We've got an, we've got, we've got some offices. All right. And it's amazing. We have some offices here and offices in Florida. We got, uh, they've got, They've got a corporate complex. They, they, they own, uh, what is it called? Um, Columbus Circle. All that stuff. That's theirs. That's CNN. They got the CNN World Center in Atlanta. They have all this stuff. All these people. I think they're going to have a lot fewer people actually pretty soon. They're like, wait a second. Uh, you can beat us with four people. Four people can beat the, the, this juggernaut, all this crap we have lying around from four decades ago. Yes, it can be done. And I did it. I beat Chris Wallace. And you know what? It's amazing also. You think of all the fake news profiles. You ever, did you ever, there was a time when we all read the New York Times a little bit more than we do now. I hate it now. I can't stand it. It's always a transgender story or something, some food that I'm never going to taste or I don't want to cook. But they must have done about 75 pieces on Chris Wallace. You know, Chris Wallace goes home. Chris Wallace comes to terms with his father. Chris Wallace's father retires. Chris Wallace's father dies. Chris Wallace on the fifth anniversary of his father's death. Chris Wallace on the 25th anniversary of Fox News Sunday. Chris Wallace uh, being the fair journalist in the middle of the Fox News hole, right? The Fox News uh, conservative maniacs. And there's Chris Wallace standing over. All He's the darling of the liberal left. Um, but the people can't stand him. <laughs> the people can't stand him. And I think the show we crushed him on again. He had that nasty congressman, uh, Clyburn from South Carolina. He's the one who's that one guy gave us Kamala Harris. He insisted it will be Kamala Harris. And Joe said, no problem. Joe was so desperate. Did you hear, oh, by the way, that Hunter took a private jet to Arkansas? For the, uh, the custody hearing, for the uh, child support payment that he didn't want to make. He's pleading poverty. 
Hunter Biden says he does not have enough money to pay for his child. That beautiful girl named Navy, I think she's five. Uh, and he took a private jet there. He took a, this is arrogance, this is corruption. How can you do that? How can you do that with a straight face? How can you do that as a person, as an American citizen, as somebody, I mean, do they believe in God? I'm sorry, this is, you don't act like this. You show up at the, he's got to be subpoenaed, he's got to be forced to go, he doesn't want to go, and then he finally owns up to it, he takes the paternity test, okay, it's mine, then he doesn't want to pay, they make him pay, now he doesn't want to pay, he wants a reduction. He's making money like crazy, enough money to, or enough access to friends, take a private jet, a private jet all the way down to Arkansas. I'd have a little bit more tolerance if he took JetBlue. JetBlue doesn't fly out of Arkansas. Well, take Delta. And if he can't, well, he's Hunter Biden. You know, I mean, the, the, the crowd is going to uh, bother him. Well, not really, actually. And the Secret Service guys can work this out. Put him in first class. You make sure he's the last one on the plane and the first one off. And you got a Secret Service guy. It's disgusting. And Joe, on his way back from Japan, did you see that press conference yesterday? <coughs> Huffing and puffing and coughing his whole way through it. His very existence is a threat to national security. I really do. His, his occupying the presidency is a threat to us all. I really hope that he wise that he gets smart. He has to resign. This has to come to an end. All right. I just and I want the best for him. I don't want him to take a terrible tumble down those steps like he almost did and get a compound fracture. He could die if something like that happened. And I'd like to see him to live to be a hundred, maybe in jail, but a hundred will be fine. I'll be back. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Mr. Penny is speaking out. Poor guy could be getting indicted today. Daniel Penny from that subway ride. Um, I don't even think it was a, ch- a chokehold. Again, they keep saying chokehold. That has not been proven. That's not been established. It doesn't matter anymore, though. Um, Al Sharpton um, was able to stir up a bunch of people, uh, get a lot of people mad on social media, all the right people. And this guy is facing facing serious prison time and total life upheaval. You know, he tried to say some, uh, well, he told his side of the story. And everyone's calling him a racist. If the whole country, a half of it at least, is calling you a racist, isn't it okay to say, hey, I'm not a racist? Well, the Neely family is not having any of that, oh, by the way. They're saying, what difference does it make if he likes people of uh, color? He said he was going to go to Africa on a vacation. You know, I would have to say, I'm sorry, but if you're going to Africa on vacation, um, like this guy, uh, Penny, was apparently planning on doing, it might suggest that you're not a racist, all right? It just might suggest. It's interesting how liberals have taken all these things off the table. You can only talk about race according to their convoluted, hypocritical, contradictory rules. For instance, um, what is a proof of racism? I have black friends. If you say I have black friends, that you can't say that anymore. That's somehow patronizing. That's how it's somehow racist in and of itself. Give me a break. Actually, the number one uh, insight window into somebody not being a racist just might be uh, who that person associates with. And they're associating with people 
um, <laughs> black has white friends, white has black friends, that might indicate that there there's no racial antipathy, right? I think so. It's common sense. No, you can't talk like that. You uh, that's that's off. The, no way. Mm-mm. Um, the woke stuff. The woke stuff is joke stuff, as we as we have established here. Hey, keep your eye on uh, Chris Christie this week is going to run for president. What a desperate guy. Chris Christie. What's he going to talk about? What can he do? Does anybody remember? He was governor. Was he really governor? I mean, when was that? It's a long time ago. Most famous, I do believe, for uh, yelling at teachers, right? They got a lot of mileage out of that. Yelling at the guy on the boardwalk. Uh, what else? I'm the governor. He used to run around saying, I'm the governor. He's famous for Bridgegate. He's famous for um, shutting down the beach, yet going to the beach with, what's his wife's name? Mary Pat, Mary Kate, the whole crew, right? What else? And I'm a former prosecutor. Now, I've made this case many times. He's not a former prosecutor, okay? He was a he was a Politico guy. He was a guy who raised money for George W. Bush, and they gave him a U.S. attorney's position. And he, he talks like he's some sort of ex-cop. And speaking of, um, our migrant situation is totally out of control. And that immature narcissist, Eric Adams, still seems to be having the time of his life. He got to go on TV over the weekend. He got to go on TV. Isn't that exciting for him? Cut one, please. Cut one. Have you asked the federal government? Have you asked Homeland Security? Have you asked President Biden to figure this out? In terms of what you're talking about, take to- migrants from the border and move them throughout the United States so they're not just landing in cities like yours. I traveled to Washington several times. I had conversations with FEMA about a financial allocation and proper resources to the city. All right. He didn't talk about what she, he didn't talk about actually setting them all over the country. He just wanted to go to Washington, D.C. and attend that mayor's conference and wear a new suit. He's having the time of his life as this city is dying. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Mm-hmm. We have a situation right now where Russia is on the move and China is on the move. We need somebody who can step in day one, look at Vladimir Putin, look at Xi Jinping, and say, okay, enough. I'm back. We're going to get everything in you don't order think the way it was has that ability. I think it's going to take them time. I think there's only one person who has that ability right now, and it's Donald Trump. And for all the yeah. naysayers who would say, oh, he's unpredictable, oh, we don't know what he's going to do, yeah. let's be very clear. When he was president of the United States, the world was in a much safer place. Nobody can say that the world is safer now than when it was when he was president. He called January 6th a beautiful day. That is not something many people uh, associate mm-hmm. January 6th with. You really think that's an electable position? Look, I think what happened on January 6th was a terrible day for the country. You don't I think was it was a beautiful house, day. I was on the House floor. Yeah. It was a terrible day for the country. But that also being said, we have a situation where we got to get the country back on track. I made a comment the other day that as, as bad as January 6th was, the American people aren't consuming January 6th the way the media in Washington is consuming mm-hmm. consuming January 6th. Our country has to get pretty back scarring on track. In, Washington. in fairness <clears throat> to Washington, it was a pretty scarring day for Washington. It was. <clears throat> it was. But what's happening in our southern border right now? That's mm-hmm. scarring for the people who live at the southern border. What's happening for middle-income families when their wages are being eroded by a massive inflation brought to us by Joe Biden? That is the stuff that the American people are concerned about right now.
Uh, there's been some talk that you might uh, be interested in running for governor in 2026. So let me ask you this. Would you have signed a six-week ban, or do you think that was too much? Um, you know, honestly, that's something where you have to deal with your legislature on that. You have to look at your legislature. You have to deal with the people in, in your state, and you figure out what that process is going to be. Sounds like that. Uh, sounds like that. You think six weeks is too much? Well, they also, put a, they also put a lot of exceptions into it. Yeah. Look, I wasn't in the legislature when they did this. I, I want to be blunt with you. I understand. I'm not sure where where the governor was and the legislature was on this. Mm-hmm. What I will tell you is this is a far better place to be than when Roe v. Wade was the law. Donald Trump land. thinks it's too much. It's too extreme. Mm-hmm. Do you agree with him on that? I think he's going to figure out what he thinks is going to be the best thing for the country. He said that already. He's on the record with that. Look, Hey, stop. How long have you been playing the Meet the Press episode? I'm sorry. I was wondering what the hell's going on. All right. Byron Donald's made some great points there. I like him a lot. I didn't want to play the whole damn show, uh, but he's terrific. He's spot on about that Putin. Uh, who's going to stand up against Putin? Is it Tim Scott? Sorry. No. Nikki Haley? No. Asa Hutchinson? Give me a break. Uh, the only one who's up to it. It's certainly not uh, Joe Biden. Joe Biden can't even appear in public with world leaders because he will look so weak in comparison. At the G7, you know, it's very customary for them to appear with another leader. I, sometimes it's France. Sometimes it's Japan. Sometimes it's all of them. And Joe was uh, Joe was solo. That looked to be a departure. He can't hack it. He cannot hack it. That's the issue. Uh, Joe in Mount Sinai, yes. Hello. Uh, as far as Tim Scott and uh, and Fat Boy from New Jersey and Nikki Haley, who hey. never had a crime to begin with, who got who gets lap band surgery or, or bariatric surgery and gains weight? Hey, you sound like he's, he's not, a he's very a, very nasty, very nasty. But I like it. I like it. All right, Joe. What's up? What's the point? <laughs> the point is they're no threat. They're no threat. Mm. So, and Eric Eric Adams Eric Adams. What are we supposed to do, Eric Adams, uh, if you live in New York City and everybody wants to come there? Are we supposed to commit suicide? You stupid idiot. All right, Joe. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Sandra in New Jersey. Sandra, hello. Oh, hello. Welcome back. Um, I wanted to make two comments, if I could. One, I it, this is just rumor has it, but maybe they say that maybe Tim Scott is being encouraged to run from Trump. Because one, he gets more notoriety. Two, then maybe he can become the good VP. That's just what I hear. I don't know if it's true, but what I wanted to talk about was I know where you heard that. You hear things on the radio, and you come and you put it on my radio. If I thought that that was the truth, I would have said it. It's not true, all right. But but basically, they don't do that anymore. I mean, sometimes they do. Half the time, you run for president. I'm telling you, he's not going to hold up well to scrutiny. He's not that good. He's not that sharp. Nice guy. He's not ready for this opportunity. All right, what's next, Sandra? So I heard AOC rip Ron DeSantis for calling Daniel Penny a good Samaritan. And then she quotes to read a Bible, and she also said, um, took strong issue with the biblical allusion since the parable of the good Samaritan. So anyway, I took out my Stanley's Life Principles yesterday. I don't know how to do this and to find this stuff. The closest I came up to was on page four. And I want you to look it up because I'm not good at this thing. But I on page 494, at, this thing. Saw, at looking at the Bible, you know, this, yeah. So fight all your battles on your knees and you will win every time. And then on the next page it said resistance is a decision to join the struggle against evil. Now, he wasn't evil, this person. He was just sick. But and but that's all I found. There was nothing about good Samaritans in the Bible. I looked on the index in the back. 
It's very hard to find what you want when you want to look up something. That's what I found. All righty. Well, you think, huh? I mean, you just glance at the Bible looking for the word that you wanted, and you couldn't find it, and you're done with it, Sandra. You're done nope. with it. No, I know you're not I done looked- with it. All right, so <laughs> um, so the Samaritan, uh, all right, number one, if you have it on Kindle, you can find uh, all 26 references, as I just have, to uh, a Samaritan woman by the well, and it goes like this. Uh, basically, well, let me... Uh, as Jesus once told a Samaritan woman by the well of Sychar, if you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, give me a drink, you will have asked him and he would have given you living water. Now, the Samaritans, for whatever reason, I think were kind of the rejects. All right. They were kind of, for whatever reason, hassled uh, by others in society and there. See, let's see what else here. Uh, uh, you know, I do notice this. Whenever Democrats, I'll give this to Tim Scott. He spoke about faith today in a pretty strong but somewhat neutral way. Um, Democrats always use it as trying to expose Republican hypocrisy. You know, they say they're believers, but they're really not. Instead of just sharing the good news. And there is so much good news. Let's see here. Arrangements for him, the Good Samaritan. Okay, here we go. Let's try this one. Let's try this one. It is in the Good Samaritan. You ready? Jesus replied and said, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among robbers, and they stripped him and beat him and went away, leaving him half dead. And by chance, a priest was going down that road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. Likewise, a Levite also, when he came to the place and saw him, passed on the other side. But a Samaritan who was on a journey came upon him, and when he saw him, he felt compassion. You see, the Samaritan, right? And I told you that they were dissing the Samaritans. They were not seen as uh, as the best people, whereas all the prestigious people were just passing this guy by who just got beaten up and came to him and bandaged up his wounds, pouring oil and wine on them, and he put him on his own beast. I guess he had a donkey and brought him to an inn and took care of him. On the next day, he took out two denarii, and that's that's money, and gave them to the innkeeper and said, Take care of him, and whatever more you spend, when I return, I will repay you. Which of these three do you think proved to be a neighbor to the man who fell into the robber's hands? And he said, The one who showed mercy toward him. Then Jesus said to him, Go and do the same. Very beautiful. Very beautiful. What happened on that subway train uh, is not entirely analogous, okay? I, I think if you got a madman flailing about and going nuts and threatening people, um, a lot of people cower. A lot of people just hope uh, he doesn't pick on me and he goes away. And then somebody actually confronts the threat. And we need those guys in society, whether they're former Marines or uh uh, former high school students or high school, whatever. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Anyway, Sandra, thank you very much. Uh, yeah. Hey, I found this. I found the Good Samaritan thing pretty quick. It's right in there. If you read on the Kindle, you can just actually go to the search and you can find it pretty easily. Hey, a little bit more on this. Al Sharpton. Yeah. Again, they, they, they use faith as a weapon, uh, against other people. I don't like this. Cut 12, please. Cut 12. I heard the governor of Florida, DeSantis, say that the man that killed Jordan was a good Samaritan. Well, 
And they've raised over $2 million for this man. Well, I know, Governor DeSantis, that you putting black history and LGBTQ and Latino out of the school. But I have a Bible to put in the governor's office. All right. So Good Samaritan has also come to mean, you know, somebody who does good for someone else, right? Someone out of the goodness of their heart. And so it's not a perfect analysis, but that's, it's kind of commonplace to say it that way. LGBTQ? Tell me, Al, how much LGBTQ history should be in the schools, huh? We're going to take our cues from Al Sharpton, the racist, the man who picketed Korean grocery stores in Brooklyn. And what was the problem? They were successful. And he, that made him mad. And they weren't falling prey to that shakedown scheme at the National Action Network, were they, huh? It's amazing. This guy can call up the President of the United States very easily. Oh, by the way, he's just standing by. Hey, did you hear about uh, Bill Gates? Oh, boy. Who Who the hell wasn't associated with Jeffrey Epstein? Jeffrey Epstein appeared to threaten Bill Gates over Microsoft co-founder's affair with a Russian bridge player. People still play bridge? You know anything about bridge, the card game? Uh, this is in the Wall Street Journal. Jeffrey Epstein discovered that Bill Gates had an affair with a Russian bridge player and later appeared to use his knowledge to threaten one of the world's richest men, according to people familiar with the matter. The Microsoft co-founder met the woman around 2010 when she was in her 20s. Epstein met her in 2013 and later paid for her to attend software coding school. In 2017, Epstein emailed Gates and asked to be reimbursed for the cost of the course. According to people familiar with the matter, the email came after the convicted sex offender had struggled and failed to persuade Gates to participate in a multi-billion dollar charitable fund that Epstein tried to establish with J.P. Morgan Chase. The implication behind the message, according to people who have viewed it, was that Epstein could reveal the affair if Gates did not keep up an association between the two men. Wow, be my friend or else I'm going to say you had an affair with this woman. That's what a lot of people think, oh, by the way, that he uh, could blackmail a lot of these people, that he had dirt on them. Some of it he uncovered in his own townhouse because the whole place was had cameras all over the place and who knows what was going inside, going on in there, but he had a record of it all. Um, strange. The most powerful people in the world hanging out with a convicted sex offender. Hey, is the Bilderberg Conference over yet? Is it? I think it ends today in Lisbon, Portugal. Uh, Bilderberg, all these people have been meeting since 1954. Some of the most, it's a very secret meeting. You can't talk about it. It's like Fight Club, right? You don't talk about it, right? You don't say anything about it, but it's been going on for a long time. It's like an ultra-exclusive, a more exclusive Davos, even more exclusive than Davos. Rich, in uh, where are you? I'm in Dignan's Ferry, Pennsylvania, Craig. What's going on? Um, okay, so I, I I try to keep an open mind with all politicians, but I was totally disappointed by Tim Scott's speech. He 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 just blew the whole thing. He starts out with the dean's scream, and then in the same sentence he uses the word y'all, which is totally jingoistic and uncandid. Qu- quite frankly, it's disingenuous. Well, wait a second. Wait, wait, wait. He's probably the one guy who could say y'all and not be faking it, all right? I mean, he is from South Carolina. It's another thing when... Uh, you know, you're from Nebraska, or you use it, right? Or I mean, that, or you're Joe Biden, and you use it. But he is from South Carolina, right? So he could say y'all. Um, but keep going. I don't disagree. I don't disagree too much here. Keep well, going. I'll give him that much. But but I've heard other 
politicians on your show um, that you played use it like three and four times in two sentences. And um, and I think didn't Nikki Haley, she had that same garrulous um, counterfeit speech when she was coming out to run. And didn't she use it? The word. Well, I, OK, but you're oh. yeah, all right. I'm, I'm telling you, you get a you get an exception if you're from the South. She grew up in South Carolina. So did Tim Scott. So let's not get hung up on the y'all stuff uh, in this. All right. Other people, they're phony. But there, I, 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 you're going to have to give it to them. So what else about it was bad? Okay, Greg, look, as a matter of fact, I, know, I saw a, uh, a comedian once. His name was uh, uh, Emil Joaquin. He did a hysterical bit on the word y'all. All right. I told you, I don't want to hear about y'all anymore. I mean, all right. All right. What of substance didn't you like? I understand. He was a little bit too exuberant. Substantively speaking, was there anything that you noticed that you have an issue with? Uh, yes. He didn't, uh, he didn't make any references to solving problems. There, there was nothing there that he was going to do that was going to make anybody's life better. Well, I mean, it was, it was, he generally he did, but look, I was underwhelmed as well. Rich, thank you very much. Yeah, it was, uh, it was a bit of a bust. I think you agree too, Max in Manhattan. Let's try one more, Max. Okay, right after Rich. Good setup. Um, I have two points, if I may. One has to do with Tim Scott. All right, the just the first one, because I got to go in a second, okay? Yeah, and don't okay. announce, do me a favor. Every time you call, everybody says, I have two things to say. Just start saying it. Just go. All right, Max, what's up? Okay, Tim Scott spoke nothing about getting rid of a central bank. He didn't speak about getting out of Ukraine. He didn't speak about favoring the Second Amendment. And he didn't say anything about no LGBTQ. Well, we don't want no LGBTQ. I mean, what do you mean by no LGBTQ? Uh, I, I mean, we don't need um, drag, ting, drag, uh, drag queen story hour in the libraries or in the public school yeah. system. He kind of, again, he alluded to it in a general manner. You know, this woke stuff, the woke curriculum of the far left and that kind of thing. Uh, but, yeah, I think it was a little bit toothless, toothless. He's uh, he's trying to get fr- he's trying to be friends with everybody a little bit. And that doesn't work. Hey, thanks, Max. I'll be back. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. So if you look diligently enough, uh, you can find all the side effects to the vaccine. You know, every vaccine, every medication in the world has some sort of side effect for some people. It doesn't necessarily mean you don't take the vaccine. It's something that you as a person, an adult, uh, or a child in consultation with your adult and your physician, your doctor, you can make the decision. And that's the way it's supposed to be. But all this information was kept from us, hidden from us, when they were forcing it into our arms. Remember that? And blood clots. This is a real thing, everybody. I mean, first of all, I'm hearing all kinds of... <laughs> there are the, the funeral directors. Business is very good right now if you're a funeral director. And blood clots, blood clots. Now, I don't, I'm not going to name the pharmaceutical company yet because, well, they write these things in, in the, the ways that deliberately confuse. And, uh, I don't want to, uh, I don't want to have the wrong company picking on me right now, but it looks like some of the big ones had side effects and these side effects were obscured on purpose. Some side effects have been reported after receiving COVID-19 vaccines, most of which are, this is from the NIHO, by the way, 
Now you can say it, right? Most of which are short-term and resolved a few days after without any medical intervention. However, some more severe side effects have also been reported. Uh, The findings by the Brighton Collaboration, as well as other previous studies on vaccine side effects, are briefly mentioned here. Why so briefly? Oh, by the way, right? They just want to brush this off real quick. Real quick. Nope, don't want to dwell on it. Why not? Hmm? Uh, Various types of stroke, like non- Hemorrhagic and hemorrhage, what? Um, encephalomitis, appendicitis, immune thrombocytoma. Do we have anybody who can remotely, who took biology in the last 10 years? I can't pronounce any of this stuff. Non-hemorrhage, sorry. Some of this stuff I know. Uh, Bell's palsy, acute myocardial infarction. I think that's enlargement of the heart. Anaphylaxis, deep vein thrombosis pulmonary myocarditis or pericarditis, disseminated intravascular coagulation, and narcolepsy. Narcolepsy, when you just fall asleep randomly, right? Um, and they, they really kind of try to minimize this on the National Institute of Health website. It's only been there for a little while. Common side effects are received after receiving the first dosage of COVID-19 vaccine Include about 63% injection site tenderness, 54% injection site pain, blah, 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 blah. Headache, malaise, um, pyrexia and feverishness. I had that big time. Flu-like symptoms such as joint and muscle pain or headache are common side effects and could last for two days. I had all of that stuff. But it's the more serious ones, the more serious ones. In a clinical trial study in the United Kingdom and Brazil, only 168 participants among 11,000, experienced severe adverse effects. 79 participants who had serious side effects had received uh, blah, 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 some version of it. Um, anaphylactic shock. There have been reports of allergic reactions, including anaphylaxis. The most common adverse reaction to vaccination are local reactions and mild symptoms. Recently, 4.5 per million report of anaphylaxis. <laughs> Do we know what that is? I'm sorry. Uh, let's see here. Look it up. Anaphylaxis. Anaphylaxis is a serious, potentially fatal allergic reaction and medical emergency that is rapid in onset and requires immediate medical attention, regardless of use of emergency medication on site. You know, it would have been nice, right? A little bit earlier. No, it was all take the take the vaccine or else. Remember Joe Biden? Our patience is getting thin. How dare that man? Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Big news breaking again about Tucker Carlson and why he was fired. The latest, uh, the latest theory, it was some sort of arrangement between Fox News and Dominion voting systems. Is that what I'm reading? Yeah. I mean, look, uh, I like Tucker. I know Tucker, Tucker is, uh, he's a very rich man now and he's going to go somewhere and it's going to be amazing for Tucker and, uh, good for the country as well. He should not have been fired, but man, every little thing. It's almost like he was the president somehow and he got uh, removed from office. Um, I, I, a little bit of an overreaction, maybe. Again, I like Tucker a lot. The reason I feel he was terminated was because, well, he aired the January 6th uh, security camera footage as given to him by Speaker McCarthy, and it was great that he did it. It's also great that I uh, reported on that story seven times more than all of Fox combined, 
my one show, I did more minutes on that footage than all of Fox News combined, with the exception of Tucker's show. They all pretended it never happened. I would not go along with that. So why do they get fired? I mean, everybody is the, is the is the country kind of on the edge of their seat about this. Sooner or later, he's going to come back and he's going to do something. I used to think he could run for president. In fact, he was on this show, and I said, uh, "Tucker, you could. Uh, are, you, are you thinking about it?" And I think he kind of laughed it off. But some very serious people have uh, entertained that notion, including people in his own family. Um, hey, this is bad. I mean, this is really bad. Joe Biden yesterday at the G seven. All the major economic powers there meeting in Hiroshima. And uh, can you make heads or tails out of this gibberish, please? And there's a lot of other, for example, the idea that we're uh, in terms of uh, taxes that they refuse to. For example, we uh, I was able to balance the budget and pass everything from the the global warming bill. Anyway, I was able to cut by one point seven billion dollars in the first two years the deficit that we uh, were uh, were accumulating. And uh, because I was able to say to it that the 55 corporations in America that made 40, $400 billion or $40 billion, $400 billion that give uh, it up. They, uh, they hit pay zero in tax. Zero. Uh, just give it up, Joe. Stop talking. Stop. It's. It's embarrassing. It's beyond. I mean, somebody, Jill, Jill Biden, you got to do something. And oh, by the way, not a nice guy, not a guy. Here he is telling somebody to shut up. All right. Right in front of uh, right in front of some European leader. They're sitting in these big chairs and listen to this, please. Are Republicans negotiating in good faith? This goes in stages. I've been in these negotiations before. It started off. Shush up, okay? Wow! You don't shush up, okay? You can't handle it? I'm trying to think if Trump ever said anything like that. He said, no, actually, I don't think he ever said shut up to anybody. Did he? He would say, you're very rude. Sit down. No, you are fake news. You are rude. He he once told that reporter, you ask a lot of stupid questions. Did he ever say shush up? Yeah, maybe. Remember, Joe Biden campaigned his whole thing he was a nice guy right he was a the consoler in chief and he was going to be a new and special kind of president no no he's just a nasty mean broken down corrupt jerk and what hunter biden did flying to arkansas on a private jet these people are greedy and you can see it all joe's career you know for a guy who's always been complaining about how little money he has and how rich everybody else is You know what they said about him since the earliest stages of his presidency? He dresses rich. He dresses rich. I actually noticed this about him in the 1980s. You know what he had on? He had the uh, contrasting collar shirt, right? White collar, blue body. That was kind of like a Gordon Gecko type thing. He had it dressed rich. He also went to the floor of the United States Senate and bitched and moaned about how little money he made and said, we deserve more money based on the... How do they put it? Uh, something commensurate with our responsibilities. And that is the danger right there. He thought, since they're ma- managing billion-dollar budgets, that somehow the guys who do that deserve more than $50,000 a year, which is what he was getting at the time. Um, by the way, I'm watching a guy on TV talking about he's the kindness guru, and everybody should go around being kind to each other. 
And it's perfect for morning fake news, right? Ooh, that sounds terrific. And he sits down and, and he gives you a kindness checklist and you're supposed to have a kindness accountability partner and you're supposed to do random acts of kindness for people. Which, oh, by the way, sounds great. It does sound, it sounds fine. But I know something about this stuff, actually. All right. Years ago, not that long ago, about 15 years ago, they, they told people, they, they did a study at Massachusetts Institute of Technology, right? It was the kindness study. And basically, you were supposed to write down all the kind things that you did and all the kind things that happened to you. And what they were able to determine, if you did a kind thing for somebody and that person did not thank you, you were on a little bit of a war path afterwards and you sought revenge on somebody else. You would not do something nice for some for two other people. So if you hold the door open for somebody and they don't say thank you, you're like, huh? And it puts you in a bad mood and you're on a war path to do unkind things to other people. Human nature is really crazy. You know, we're kind of, you know, we're not at, we're kind of, we got a little bit of animal in us, a lot of animal in us. Um, how about that? I told you the one time I was, I, I was volunteering at the soup kitchen and I thought I was the king of the world because I was just, wow. And all these homeless guys were like, Hey, you're that guy from TV and you're the best. Wow. Thank you so much. And I thought I was Jesus. Excuse me. I didn't really think that, but I just felt I was, you know, really a great guy. And at the same time, I had this minor little thing, a minor little, uh, issue with my taxes, right? And I thought I was entitled to take something, but letter of the law, I really wasn't. And I was struggling with it, and I put it in my paperwork, I put it in my paperwork, I always put it off, put it off, put it off. Then I got back to the paperwork one day, and I said, of course I can file this, I'm a good person, I volunteer for the homeless. How could I ever have doubted myself? And I caught myself. It's like, just because I'm doing something a little bit good does not entitle me to do something a little bit bad, or a lot bad. And that's somehow these conspicuous kindness campaigns. Uh, you gotta be, you gotta be, you gotta be. I, it's great to be kind, right? It, I know it is. I'm sure it is. But we are animals and we're a little bit greedy and we always expect something. We expect to be rewarded all too often. All right. So I'm going to play this thing by Chadwick Moore. He is the biographer of Tucker Carlson. Okay. And I'm going to send this to you, Diego. Is Tucker Carlson important to have some guy writing a book about him? I guess so. And let's see here. For the last year, I've been writing the definitive biography of Tucker Carlson based on thorough research and 100-plus hours of interviews. But there's some info that can't wait for July 18th. I guess that's when the book comes out. The scoop on why Fox canceled his show. Watch and pre-order right now. And uh, guess who uh, retweeted this? Tucker. Tucker actually himself. Uh, gave this a little bit of a boost. All right, so let's see what this is all about. His name is Chadwick. Hmm, I wonder if he's British. Let's listen. Hey, guys, Chadwick Moore here. I'm the author of a new biography about Tucker Carlson titled Tucker. Stop! I have spent the last year... Re- he really should call himself Chad. Just to, oh, by the way. All right, keep going. I won't say anything else. ...researching and writing this book. And during that time, I've gotten to know Tucker, his family, his friends, and his staff very well. In fact, I've gotten to know Tucker the person, not the caricature that his enemies try to portray. I was working closely with Tucker when he was taken off the air by Fox. And as some of you know, I was also a regular on his show. And I happened to be a guest on the final episode of the show, which was on April 21st. 
I've also seen the monologue that Tucker planned to deliver on Monday, April 24th, before his show was abruptly taken off the air. That monologue dealt with, among other things, investigations around January 6th, and particularly Ray Epps, the only person captured on video inciting people to violence at the Capitol that day, and allegedly an FBI informant who still has not been arrested or charged. Ironically, a good part of the monologue also dealt with the people and forces that are trying to silence him, like AOC and others in government. It has now been reported that his firing was a condition demanded by Dominion as part of the settlement with Fox. Although Dominion has denied this, my sources have intimate knowledge of the situation, and they have assured me, even before this news leaked, that that is, in fact, the truth. If that is true, it would mean that a small group of people who have a controlling interest in Dominion have managed to silence what is arguably the most important and influential conservative voice in the country, possibly until after the next presidential election. Knowing Tucker's I do, I'm confident that he will not be silenced, as I'm sure all of you are as well. If you're interested in knowing more, if you want to know about who Tucker is, about his history, his passions, and what motivates him, Again, the title of the book is Tucker, and it's available for pre-order now at TuckerTheBook.com or wherever books are sold. Well, good for him. Good plug of the book. Tucker, the book. Tucker. Um, you going to buy that book? I'll, I'll peruse it. I'm uh, somewhat curious. I already know. I mean, look, it's not that. How much of a story is there? He grew up uh, He's a bit of a rich kid. I like him a lot. I really do. He's smart as hell. He's uh, motivated, I do believe, by ideas. Great writer. Uh, what else about him? He's been in media since his early 20s. I remember seeing him on CNN when I was in my 20s, and he was uh, sitting there on CNN. He had that bow tie on. He looked very young. That's what I noticed first. And then I noticed he was very brilliant, and he was sitting there with Margaret Carlson. And I was like, who is this guy? And, uh, well, he's not really left the public scene uh, ever since, I guess, until now, in a way. Um until now, until now. But he's coming back. He's bigger than ever before. You take him off, you take him off the air, and he's getting bigger. Stewart in Queens. Hello. Stewart? No, Stewart. Yeah. Yes, yes. Hi, Greg. So I have uh, two recommendations for Donald Trump for his VP choice that are substantial. Oh, substantial? Um, yes. Mm. So one is Governor uh, Glenn Youngkin, and the other is Lee Zeldin. I say both of these guys. Because I believe Trump can send either of them into purple battleground states, and they will expand uh, Trump's voter base in, like, Pennsylvania. Uh, they really Biden. don't do that. They don't do that. Nobody does that. Uh, vice presidential picks, I know it sounds on paper you can make that case, but they don't do that. I, you should have watched my interview with Trump. You should have watched it. Uh, it was on Newsmax. I guess it's about three weeks ago today. Is it three weeks ago, a month ago today? I was in Mar-a-Lago. I asked him about that. I said, look, you got such a lead, such a head start here. you got to be thinking about who you want for vice president. And he said, I'm giving it a little bit of thought. Um, but he did say, like, it doesn't help you. It doesn't It doesn't do what you just suggested. Uh, that's, a, that's, a, that's a myth. And it has been for a long time. Uh, but the pros know it doesn't really, it can only hurt you. It can't help you. It can, it can only hurt you. And oh, by the way, uh, Yunkin hasn't even been reelected governor. All right. I know he's tall. Uh, I know he beat Terry McAuliffe. That's good. Uh, 
I don't know much else, to be honest. And Lee Zeldin, as much as I like Lee Zeldin, I don't think you go from losing a governor's race to the vice presidency. I just don't think it works that way. Um, no. Sorry, Stuart. I disagree. So who do you select? So I don't know yet. I don't know. I mean, it's not my choice. And there's plenty of uh, there, there's more than a year before this has to be made before the convention. However, I do think that there's a chance that Trump could make the decision early that he might do it early. I mean, he declared for president early, and uh, he could do that as well. We will see. And uh, that is a good question. Who the hell is it going to be? I'll be right back. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. You know, that Byron Donalds from Florida, really sharp. I played what he said earlier to, uh, about uh, about DeSantis not being ready to go up against Putin. And with this debt ceiling stuff, which, oh, by the way, I think they're going to uh, figure it out. It looks to me like they're going to figure it out pretty soon here. Um, the 87,000 IRS agents at the left, that they're insisting we need these guys Shows you how out of touch uh, Chuck Todd yesterday was like. Well, I don't understand why how anybody could be opposed to these eighty-seven thousand uh, new IRS agents. Only, only, only tax, only would-be tax cheats would be uh, would be against that. So insulting and condescending. Oh, by the way, okay, go ahead. I talked a little bit about foreign policy in the last block. Mm-hmm. We have a situation right now where Russia is on the move and China is on the move. We need well, not that somebody. One. No, <laughs> the one where they're talking about the eighty-seven thousand. All right, so. It's those guys would be going after the middle class. You know, Chuck Todd sits there. He makes four million dollars a year. He has real estate. You know who stays at his properties? United States senators. They pay him rent. He is the landlord of United States senators. He is a lawyer. He is an accountant, at least at least. All right. So he knows how to go up against the IRS. He knows how to take them on every day. You got you have to be equipped right when you have that kind of money and you can be equipped. How are you going to stand up against the IRS? And this document, these uh, tax documents are so deliberately uh, massive and confusing, they're subject to interpretation. All right? Okay, here we go now. Republicans are asking for, which is they want fewer IRS agents. They want fewer attempts to try to properly uh, get tax receipts into the federal government's coffers. I have never understood the resistance of extra IRS agents, uh, unless you knowingly cheat on your taxes. Uh, that first of all, that's that's salacious, and you know that most Americans by far pay their taxes and they do it honorably. What House Republicans and frankly the Republican Party is concerned about is having IRS agents go after middle class families and small business owners. When you have that many more agents, it's not to go after the rich; it's to yeah. go after the middle again, class. That's again, what it's if, for. So if you're if you're paying what you're supposed to pay, then you should have nothing to fear. You would make the assumption that IRS audits are up. That they're they're putting out more liens on the American people. That's not true. That data's not there. All right, I like that little news jingle at the end. Why would anybody be opposed to eighty-seven thousand? We don't want it. All right, people are good. They pay their taxes. They have enough review agents right now. There is actually a proposal. I think any private transaction. $600 or lower will be flagged by the IRS. Can you imagine going to the, uh, to a baseball card convention or the antique show and being, you have to document all that stuff to the IRS? Uh, yes, you can. If you want, uh, you can get a receipt for that stuff, but 
They are coming for us. I, they gotta get rid of that provision, right? They will. They'll successfully be able to beat that, won't they? Um, the Durham report, major, major, major revelations. The whole damn, it's confirmed under Department of Justice letterhead that the Russia investigation, crossfire hurricane, the whole matter, the whole attempt to undermine Donald Trump's campaign and then the early stages of his presidency was a fraud. How many episodes of CNN's uh, State of the Union or Face the Nation or Meet the Press or This Week with George Stephanopoulos and Martha did they get out of that? Well, I thought there would be a great big special yesterday to talk about. Okay, we uh, we have to make a correction here for the record, for the record. Uh, they didn't even mention it. They did not mention the Durham report. They did not apologize for having that liar, Adam Schiff, on week after week after week for two years, talking about all that evidence that Donald Trump was involved with Russia. It was all a lie, and they didn't own up to it. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey, uh... I guess this is news, kind of, if you care. Jeff Bezos is engaged to Lauren Sanchez. They, uh, they're getting married. They were boyfriend and girlfriend for, what, three years now, and they're getting married. Uh, Post has not Bezos engaged. Uh, Amazon head Jeff Bezos and his girlfriend Lauren Sanchez are engaged, blah, blah, blah. The pair are currently in the south of France for the Cannes Film Festival. They've been hitting the party circuit, staying on their $500 million yacht, the problem with having a yacht is uh, you need a bunch of people on board that yacht to, you know, to, to have the yacht, to, 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 to drive it, to operate it, to clean it. I wouldn't want all those people around, would you? And if I were Jeff Bezos, I'd be a little bit worried about uh, Lauren, um, you know, and the cabin boy. A little bit. I'm sorry. Anybody, any, any man would. Any man has got to think about that. You can't have all these, you know, there's such a thing as too much. My mom said this once. Too much of anything is bad. Too much money can be bad. Too much uh, beauty can be bad. Too much of anything can be bad. I mean, sometimes, not all the time. I mean, yeah, I think she's onto something. Let's see here. Rumors have been swirling for months that the pair are set to be wed, mostly due to speculation about a heart-shaped diamond ring Sanchez wears. Also, that ridiculous, um, uh, what do you call it when they put something on the bow of a ship? Um I don't know, the decoration. What do they call that thing that's on the front of the ship? It's a big mermaid, and it's uh, modeled after her. It's modeled after Sanchez. She got, uh, let's see, she left her husband. He left his wife. Uh, Mackenzie was married, to, and she was really instrumental in getting Amazon off the ground. That's one of the reasons why she got like $30 billion when they uh, split up. She already gave half of it away or will give half of it away. By the way, giving away money isn't always the answer. Everybody praised her. Oh, she's giving away half the money, half the money. And it's tricky when you give money away. It's tricky. And what she wanted to do is basically knock on people's doors. You know, she would scour the world looking for people who are uh, worthy of a contribution, right, of life-changing money. And she'd just show up with the money, kind of like Ed McMahon used to do, although she wouldn't do that, but that's kind of what happened. Well, that is not what's done in philanthropic circles, apparently. There's a certain way to do things. It's not that way. It sounds great to me, but it's not that way. And one of the reasons why it's not done that way 
A lot of scammers out there, right? I am contacting you on behalf of the Mackenzie Bezos Foundation, and I am pleased to inform you that you have been chosen for a grant of $200,000. Please wire $5,000 to this so we can facilitate the transfer of You know how it goes, right? And a lot of people have been getting victimized, thinking that Mackenzie Bezos, based on the news reports, was giving them money and uh, and you don't have to apply to the Bezos Foundation. Usually you have to apply. Lauren Sanchez thinks she's going to go into outer space. You know, she started as a local news reporter at a L.A. Um, TV station. And she was the helicopter traffic reporter as well. I think she actually knows how to fly helicopters. And she plans to go into outer space. Um, that's the, that's the plan. I would love to do that. And I still have a sense that I might get to go. I just, I don't know what the hell it is. It's not going to be on Jeff Bezos's dinky little rocket. It's going to be on something else, something more significant. And, uh, we'll see. Larry and Bayside, welcome back. Yes. Um, Tim Scott, he endorsed, uh, Lisa Murkowski. So how can you vote for Tim Scott? Uh, who's Lisa Murkowski? I know she's from Alaska. I mean, so you know that, huh? I think people are going to put two and two together and say you can't vote for. I I just listed earlier 16 reasons to not vote for Tim Scott. Uh, The Lisa Murkowski thing was not one of those reasons. Uh, She is a uh, yeah, she's a bit of a rhino. She's a Mitch McConnell type person, right? (laughs) She is a uh, Mitch McConnell with a skirt. Uh, yeah, uh, well, Tim Scott may have to answer for that stuff. You know, he's not, his MAGA credentials might be a little bit iffy. He's been a, the other thing is he's a career politician. People somehow uh, don't, are not aware of that. And career politicians, they're not that, uh, they're not that fashionable these days. I don't know, fashionable. Uh, Victor in Cherry Ridge, yes, hi. Hi, Greg. Uh, I was down in uh, Smithtown this weekend and we were with a sailor. Who uh, and his uh, fiance? They he just got back from the Philippines, and he was telling me not one day goes by that uh, you know, they're not being provoked by the Chinese Navy over there, and uh, it's insane that uh, uh, Brandon and his crew they don't want to increase the defense budget. I, I can't even conceive what's going on. Uh, yeah, I heard something about this. The Philippine Coast Guard and Chinese uh, warships are always going at it over there. Uh, I, I saw a, a blurb about this a while back, and let me see if I can find it. A People's Liberation Army, Navy. Yep, they're always playing war games, and they're always playing games of chicken over there. Um, I'm sorry, were you in the Philippines, or was your friend, or what? No, he was a young sailor. He was just back. He's in his 20s. He was there with his fiance in Smithtown. Yeah. And I was talking to him, and he said, you know, they just came back to uh, Virginia, and he, he's up here in his town of Smithtown. All right. And he said, there isn't a day that goes by that they don't provoke them. Hey, they're and provoking American uh, air, airships all the time, uh, airplanes and, and, and warships. They're, they're, they're kind of picking on us, uh, and it shouldn't be that way. Victor, thank you very much. Hey, Gordon Chang will be on the Newsmax show tonight. This guy, nobody knows China better than he does, uh, and he's a conservative, and Trump loves him. Uh, he happens to be a lawyer. He lived in China for 20 years, born in America, but has a lot of experience in China. And every day, these ominous tweets from Gordon Chang, get ready, the unimaginable is about to happen. 
And um, the last time I had him on, I'm like, come on. All right. So obviously you mean a war. Are you sure? Are you sure it's going to happen? And and he explained, yes, it probably is, but it might not be a traditional war. And I really want his thoughts. And I'm going to have a general on as well. So what do we do to get ready for this thing? Practically speaking, what do you do if war is coming with China? What does that mean? Stock up on batteries, stock up on water, uh, get some food for Patriots food. What do we do? Practically speaking, I don't know. I mean, man, I really didn't want to have to deal with any of this. Did you? You remember in the 80s, we actually were worried a little bit of nuclear holocaust, right? There was this sense. Remember that movie, The Day After, with Jason Robards? There was this weird sense that in a flash, everything could be gone. And we live with it, though. This is a different kind of angst. And I almost prefer the other kind of angst. I don't know what it is. Ellie, real quick. Hi, and... Uh, Mineola, welcome back. I'm sorry. Take your time. Hi. Hi, Greg. Uh, okay. Uh, first, General Flynn, that's my pick for VP. Even though they both live in Florida. It ain't going to happen. Through. It ain't going to happen. I'm sorry. General Flynn is a great guy. I like him a lot. Very smart. Uh, it's not going to happen. He's politically tone deaf a lot. He's got major blind spots, major blind spots. And oh, by the way, here's one of them. Uh, he endorsed Fernando Mateo and not Curtis. All right. I don't know what the hell he was doing coming up here. He doesn't live in New York. He, he went out of his way to endorse Fernando Mateo for mayor. All right. No good. And he brings a hell of a lot of liabilities. All right. I don't know what it is. I think it's totally unfair. The swamp will go berserk even more so, even more so than with Trump. I like him. Good man. Um, but no. No. And some of the military stuff, he's not as good at as he should be. All right, Ellie? And it's not, okay, it's not, 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 that's not going to happen, nor should it happen. All right? I am, I, that will not, that should not happen. I know we like him for a lot of reasons, and he was picked on, and he was targeted, and none of that should have happened, but he should not be vice president. Trust me, this is, that would blow up a lot of things. We don't want that, Ellie. All right, keep going. Okay, um, uh, earlier, I, did, I might have missed it because I only have a one hour from my lunch. Were you talking about Dr. Peter McAuliffe earlier that I might have missed? No, who's that? Oh. Okay, he's a doctor who's, who studies MNRA, similar to Dr. Malone. He has been very, he's been diving in a lot on on something called NATO kinase, and that, that's an enzyme. This enzyme they've, that they've been testing it on has been successfully unblocking, uh, you know, arteries for people, especially who have taken the vaccine or who have atherosclerosis. So this, um, this, this enzyme, I've, I've purchased a few bottles of it from, you know, one company, a a good non-GMO one. Um, but the price is like sky. Well, wait, what's wrong? I mean, I mean, all right. I don't know who this guy is. I don't know what he's recommending. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I don't know anything about this. And, uh, I was reading earlier, the NIH is finally coming clean. And you can look up blood clots and, yes, how some of them linked all these side effects that they tried to downplay and bury. And they're still downplaying them very much, big time. Uh, the things, the bad things that can happen, bad things happen with almost any medication uh, to some people. We needed to know that stuff ahead of time, not after the fact. All right, listen, I don't mean, where are you hearing about this guy, McAuliffe? I mean, he may be everywhere, but I'm sorry, I don't know anything about him. Oh, yeah, Dr. Peter McAuliffe, I, 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 I read so many of his articles. Um, I get his emails and, you know, he, 
if you see him, you hear about Dr. Robert Malone also. They're they're both, you know, big heavy hitters on, on the MNRA vaccines. All right. I mean, you know, I'm already vaxxed. I'm not going to get vaxxed again. Um, I don't know. I mean, like, is it is it about what the vaccine did to people or stuff? Yeah. And this this actually has had an amazing effect on unblocking arteries for people who have who do have blood clots. And it's been very successful. I know about a week ago, somebody called in who was very concerned because he had he was very healthy. And then he said he had nine stents put in. And that got me so upset. I wanted to just reach out and, and mention uh, Nato Kinase and its amazing effects. I see this guy on the Dr. Drew show and he's uh, he's uh, he's uh, he's around. Uh, he is around. I don't see him. Uh, yeah, he gets mentioned a couple of times a month. And he was, it looks like he was kicked off of Twitter for a while. That's no good. Yeah, these guys, remember what they did? Never forget what they did, silencing people. Maybe that's one of the reasons why I don't know who he is. He was silenced. They didn't want me to know who he is. Can you believe that if you had valid concerns, you're a physician, and they don't let you talk about it in public? Such a crime. Such a crime. Ellie, thank you. Give me a moment, please. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. So the FBI has a great big file that may allege uh, bribery of then-Vice President Joe Biden in their possession that they will not turn over to the House Oversight Committee, even though the House Oversight Committee has requested it. I think they've demanded it. I think they've issued a subpoena for it. Uh, that material, oh, by the way, belongs to the American people, not the FBI. All right. We have oversight. We have our elected leaders. They actually have jurisdiction over the FBI. And the FBI is giving the oversight committee the middle finger. What? <laughs> it doesn't work this way. You know, the FBI, my goodness gracious, they still call it the J. Edgar Hoover building. Can you believe that? So the FBI is uh, the this is one of the worst scandals ever. And there's not a peep about it. Adam Schiff, we told you how he went on television every day for about two years. And now that we know that the entire Crossfire Hurricane investigation was a complete joke and a fraud, uh, there's no accountability. The media, they're ignoring it totally and literally ignoring it. How can you have a Sunday show like Face the Nation or This Week with George Stephanopoulos and not say one word about it, not say one word about these findings, which are devastating, just remember, and I just because you're not hearing about it doesn't mean that this report is not major. All right. The major takeaways here. The Australian diplomats told Crossfire Hurricane investigators that Papadopoulos never stated that he had any direct contact with the Russians, nor did he provide any explicit information about an offer of assistance. There was a complete lack of information from the intelligence community that corroborated the hypothesis upon which the Crossfire Hurricane investigation was predicated. The FBI generally ignored the significant exculpatory information 
information provided by Carter Page, George Papadopoulos, and Trump's senior foreign policy advisor, number one, during recorded conversations with FBI sources. The FBI failed to pursue investigative leads that were inconsistent with their theory of the case. For example, Page's recorded denials of having any relationship with Paul Manafort, a fact about which there was available evidence. The FBI failed to take Page up on the written offer he made to Director Comey to be interviewed about the allegations contained in Michael Isakoff's news article and instead opted to seek a FISA surveillance of Page. The FBI was willing to make the use of completely unvetted and uncorroborated steel reporting in multiple FISA applications targeting a U.S. citizen. I know, it's bureaucratic. I'm trying to make it sound sensational because it is. It is dynamite, but it's laden and it's heavy and it's buried in the back of this 302-page impossible-to-get-through document. Still, this is a this is trickery, and Rudy Giuliani pointed this out to me. The idea that there's no the, the the fact that there are no prosecutions that are coming from this that is fundamental. Fundamentally, that's against the justice system. That's not how it works. There are three things you want when it comes to our criminal justice system, right? You got to punish the guilty, and there are guilty people here, right? You have to punish them. Uh, there has to be justice. You have to square that with society, and you want to deter people. You have to deter people from doing this kind of stuff. One of the reasons why you prosecute people and why you arrest people and why you have a press conference, you say, these are the bad guys, we're going to prosecute them, we're going to send them to jail, so other people won't do the same thing. And there's no no one has been disincentivized at the FBI to not do this stuff. The FBI ignored the fact that at no time before, during, or after Crossfire Hurricane were investigators able to corroborate a single substantive allegation and the Steele dossier reporting, Adam Schiff was going on and on. This is very damaging. This is, this is, and and the questions that have been raised about Christopher Steele's character. It's incorrigible what they're doing to Christopher Steele. Um, I noticed he was not booked on any of the Sunday shows yesterday. Uh, it looks like Putin, Putin has actually declared that 500 people can't travel to Russia. 500 people they don't like, and the list is all over the place. <laughs> uh, Aaron Burnett uh, from CNN is on it. Uh, National, what's her name? Rachel Maddow is on it. They don't want her. They don't want a bunch of think tank types uh, as well. Now, this is curious, but I kind of get it. I kind of like it. I kind of like it. Uh, the man who shot Ashley Babbitt is on this list. Michael Leroy Bird is the... I can't believe we're getting accountability from Russia. All right. Well, you're just feeding into the Russian disinformation. No, right. Well, whatever. I'm seeing his name in black and white. This is the only, the only, um, punitive step taken against Michael Byrd so far, who shot and killed a woman, an unarmed woman. Uh, why did they get away with it? How did they get away with it? Well, the entire swamp backing him up and, uh, Oh, by the way, racial politics, racial politics. Listen, I got to go across the street. I got to get ready for the nighttime show. So uh, very quickly, Joseph and Fairfield. Gregory, uh, real quick, uh, Zelensky, um, Murdoch, Rudolph Murdoch, and getting rid of Tucker. I think there's a connection. Uh, the reason I'm not watching Fox anymore is because I used to watch it basically for Tucker Carlson, who Rush Limbaugh used to call um, uh, Osborne uh, something, I forget, from the Dolby Gilda show. 
It was very interesting. But that's uh, Zelensky contacted Ruvard Murdoch, and because uh, Tucker Carlson was very critical of what was going on in the Ukraine, how we were supporting the Ukraine and the funding. Sure he was. Sure he was. I don't think that was it, though. I don't think, I don't think, look at what, do me a favor, look up what Chuck Schumer said about Tucker Carlson. Look that up, all right? There are people out there, there's plenty of people in MAGA who have concerns about all the money that's being spent. You can say that and not get canceled. You can. But look up what Schumer said about January 6th and Tucker Carlson. That, I think, is the answer. I gotta end things with Barbara. Barbara, uh, hi again. Hi, Greg. I'm hearing you talk about where we are now, and we're in a really dire place. We all agree with that, all the people listening to you. And as someone that I respect very much said, with the situation we are in now, we've got to act fast. Voting is fine, but we can't assume that voting will save us. We need to gather as like-minded citizens who care enough about the future of our country to oppose the rabid left. The storm clouds are gathering, and the hour grows late. Oh. And those are such wise words that wait. we all need to pay attention wait, to. Wait, 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 wait. I know the. I know who wrote that. Me. Are you quoting on me? Page, on, on page one eighty-five of your book. <laughs> That's me. Wrong. Yeah, I knew I knew those words. You, you just quoted me. Well, thank you yes, so I much. Did. I was like, who is this wise person? Wait a second. Is that Ben Franklin? No, that's me. That's the first time you've done that, Barbara. Thank you so much. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, we do. Thank you so much. That's a good quote. You love it? I love this quote. It's it's very profound. It's It tells us what we need to do. The hour is late. The storm clouds are gathering all around us. We see it all the time. And thank you for your clear voice interpreting to us, for example, what's coming out of this, this, uh, this, 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 whatever you want to call it, this statement, this obfuscated information, which takes the most heinous of crimes and whitewashes them with verbal acuity and ridiculous language. And thank you for interpreting that to the truth for us. Well, thank you so much. And thank you uh, again, Barbara, for everything you do. And all of you, everybody who listens and tunes into the Newsmax show to be continued, Barbara, and the rest. Thank you. I'll see you tonight at 10 o'clock.